0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash Podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses Commander-related topics. New Capenna just came out, and last week on the podcast we discussed the brand new cards that we're personally most hyped for from the standard set. And this week... We are going to be discussing the cards that came out in the Commander Preconstructed, car- uh, Commander pre-constructed decks and also the Collector Booster sets, or, or the, the ones that are not, not in standard legal. The non-standard legal cards from New Capenna Is what I'm trying to get at, the ones that we're most hyped for. So just like before, we did a top 12 where each of us have picked three cards that we want to bring to the table to discuss that we're hyped for um this is not a power ranking scale just to have a disclaimer out there this is not like the most powerful cards from new capenna that's not what we're about we're just the cards we're just talking about the cards that we are personally hyped for that we want to play with first uh when they become available to us if at all because when we play on magic online and uh sometimes not all the commander cards show up on online but here's hoping wizards of the coast if you're listening please Please, just one time. What um, is
1: what is that mocking like mockery tone, Tomer? What do you, M- no one. Everything saying. every time. What are you talking every time. about? Actually, no, 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 I'm kidding. We, I'm kidding. We we constantly don't miss stuff from the the commander sets all the time. So. no, no, no. <laughs> well,
0: the com- the kamigawa ones. I think we got all the cards, right? So this might be wow. We Might be back. We might be back. The technology at it, so. is here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, joining me, as always, by the way, uh, is the Asian Avenger, also known as Krim. Uh, how's it going hello from- hi i i'm i'm doing all right i'm excited just because
1: streets of capenna uh brought a lot of uh the, the, I'm, I'm trying this new uh shard out it's called grixis uh yeah. so like it's brand new i've never i'm not really you a mean fan maestros of it. the maestros there it is see it's i'm yeah. just so new to it i don't even know what it is so uh yeah i'm just excited
0: yeah, yeah, I'm excited as well. Uh, Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, or probably better known as Seth. I don't know which one. Uh, how's it going, Seth? What are you? Uh, what's up? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I
2: had a little cold going on, but I'm feeling a lot better, and I'm excited to talk about these cards because <sighs> I don't know how I feel about the decks overall out of the box this time around, but the individual cards in these precons and in the set boosters are oh, they're so good. They're so good.
0: So definitely hyped. Uh- I definitely agree to that uh richard aka the site owner aka i we don't have a nickname for you actually richard what, what would you like to be richard. called nickname um, all right is richard. how about Name the is, goldfish no yeah yeah the what goldfish about the goldfish the, school, the, the only fish right? Yeah. The,
1: the, the fish father the, oh, the fish the fish father. father. the fish father! Oh, there it is. He's a dad, yes. and, and, and he's a dad and dad. Yeah, it's a two for one. The fish father.
3: The fish father.
0: It's either it's a daughter. You could you could do the whole thing up to my daughter's wedding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you say, "I'll hear is I like fish sticks."
0: <laughs> yeah, you remember that? <laughs> I remember that. We're not going into to that on this podcast, though, Richard. We're keeping it PG. <laughs> All right, and the final hello is a Uh I don't have a nickname either. I right, know, I'm the budget commander. Yeah. Dr. Anime. Yeah. What are you talking about? Dr. Yeah, you're Dr. No. Anime. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Know, every, every,
1: every season, I come to you. I'm like, Tomer, oh great Tomer, Dr. Anime. What do you prescribe
0: this season to watch? <laughs> and every single time, it's uh, Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> the anime I know. <laughs> <laughs> that or King of the Hill, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Bojack. Bojack. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking about the top 12 cards. Uh, Before we do that, though, one thing you can do to support the channel and help us grow, uh, you can like and subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast, be it iTunes, be it Spotify, be it YouTube. Whatever the equivalent is of liking and subscribing on that platform, please do that, and it helps the channel grow. The other way you can help uh, support the channel is you can purchase all the beautiful playmats stapled on Richard's Wall by going to the mtggoldfishmerch.com store. Uh, you can buy playmats, deck sleeves, deck boxes, uh, apparel, such so as t-shirts and whatnot, over at mtggoldfishmerch.com. All right. With all of that out of the way, Seth... Take it away. What is the first card that you are hyped for from this set? Oh, we got
2: a good one. This card is so incredibly cool. And that card is Resourceful Defense. It's a three-mana enchantment. And it says, Whenever permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on target permanent you control, and you can pay five mana to move any number of counters from target permanent you control to another target permanent you control. So at first glance, This is kind of like white ozolith, but it's really so much more than that. This card does so many... It does stuff we've never seen before in the game's entire history. This works with any permanent. The ozolith only works with creatures, and it's really sweet with creatures. This does the same thing, but because it works with any permanent, it works with planeswalkers. Like, that's a really easy way to abuse it. You can. uh, There's even planeswalkers that blink themselves. This isn't a death trigger. This is just leaves the battlefield. There's like a Kaya, the original Kaya, You can blink it, and you're getting mm-hmm. five loyalty counters on another Planeswalker to ultimate. Same with Venser can do shenanigans like that. So it's sweet there. It's sweet with, like, sagas. Those are permanents that get counters that you can move around in store up. And it's like this janky combo piece that just does really sweet things. Uh, winning the game with, um... Oh no, I can't think of the name. What's the What's the one
0: that stores up twenty charge counters? Darksteel Reactor. Dark Reactor. I was gonna Reactor. ask you. This is like what this the... is what you're gonna do. With oh it. yeah, oh, you're or... just a charge charge counter junkie. That's what you oh, are. Oh, I so. love I love charge counters. <laughs> so this is
2: actually a way to win with Darksteel Reactor. It's really sweet with some like dark depth shenanigans. Sometimes just removing all the counters from something offers a lot of value. You get your merit lage out of it, and what I really am doing with this is a. Trying to not win the game, but draw the game with Divine Intervention. This is two-card draw-the-game combo. Just yoink the counters out of there. I love this card. It's just so fun. I think it's actually legit powerful, and people will play it and do strong things with it. But it also has just so much jank potential to just do really cool
1: things that we've never seen before. I, th- this is going right into my Amanatu deck. Uh, like, it's just going right in there. Ugh to blinking your own planeswalker, uh, and then just doing so many things with it. I, uh, this is such a cool card. This not is such so a cool. cool. I, I okay. It would it be too busted if you could move counters from anything? That'd be so wild. Just like, <laughs> like steal your opponent's five, counters. Like just <laughs> <Yeah>. like like <laughs> reset someone's counters or something like that. <laughs> that might be. That might be pretty good. But like okay, so counter argument to this though is. Can you pay... Like, it doesn't cost a lot, so I guess that's pretty good. But, like, can you just pay three and put this out there?
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're a deck that's built around it, I it's, it's only three. It's not like it's eight or something. So I think that... Do, I do you think, think that this it's pretty draws you costed. aggro? Is
0: what
2: if I you're mean. playing do Super you Friends, this? yes. Yeah, so if you're playing Super Friends, like... So it, if you're Krim... If you're, <laughs> okay, if you're playing, like, a, a Saga deck or a plus-one, plus-one counter deck... This isn't something I'm overly concerned about. Like, it's good, but it's, it's, I don't think something where you're going to immediately become Arch Enemy. If you're playing Super Friends, though, I think you have to immediately Arch Enemy because it's just so easy to win the game by ultimating a Planeswalker with this. If I see this, I'm expecting you to win the next turn in a Super Friends deck.
1: Joke's on you, Seth. My decks never win. It's
0: kind of like... (laughs) They they just try not to die.
1: (laughs) They just try not to (laughs) die.
0: (laughs) Yeah. In in Super Friends, it's kind of like a dubbing season. Uh, The activated ability is expensive. It's five, so it is a bit slow. Um... I think the flexibility here, though, is, is what really makes it really interesting. Like like Seth said, there's like a billion different ways of using it. Yes, you can do it with loyalty counters, but like charge counters as well, uh, divinity counters as well. Just like a lot of fun fun options with it. It is five mana, again, to, to move it around. So it is going to take a significant chunk of your turn uh, to actually do that unless you're swimming in, in mana. Um, but I think it's worth it. Like whatever you're gonna do with it is gonna be very sweet. And really, like
2: even without the five mana mode, I kind of view that as like this this fringe upside that I might use sometimes in some decks. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to like draw the game with divine intervention or something, that is the big deal. Yeah. But in a lot of decks, if you're playing just a regular counter stack, just using it like an ozolith where you can have something die and move the counters onto another thing. I think even that's good enough if you don't spend the mana in a lot of the less janky decks that could play this.
3: I mean, the passive is worth it, right? Like if you have like a nickel bolus or like some planeswalker that can kill itself, right? You can just plus kill itself, move it to another planeswalker and ultimate. Right? And that costs you three mana. So I I, you know, I think that is strong enough. You don't actually need that five mana. I'm sure there's shenanigans where you can move like counters onto something that makes mana and then like somehow go infinite or or do something wacky here so it just seems insanely strong if you put a shield counter on it is it indestructible
2: yeah, that's that's that actually work? the most hilarious thing that we didn't talk about. Yes. One of the things you can do with this that's so funny is you can, like, take a death touch counter from a creature and put it on, like, a pestilence or something and give your enchantment death touch. So then you activate your pestilence and it wipes out the entire board. Like, it, it does just so many things that we've never seen before in the game's entire history. Yeah. Like, that, oh. that didn't exist. Yeah.
1: Yeah and like so like planeswalkers having a a shield counter will be fun too so yeah yeah Yeah, all that yeah it's any permanent it
2: shouldn't be able like it does stuff that you shouldn't be able to do under the magic's rules and then all of a sudden your enchantments are getting lifelink and your planeswalkers are getting shield counters it's so cool
3: I have bad news for you, Seth. We will never see this on Moto.
1: What are are, are the odds that we see this on Moto and then it actually works? Yeah, the more the more we talk about it, the less I I imagine this hitting Moto. This is the most
0: bittersweet podcast because of that. It's like I don't know if we're gonna see any of these cards. Prove us wrong, please. (laughs) No, but we got all the Kamigawa ones. We didn't expect that, right? Remember that was that was a. But the Kamigawa interactions
1: aren't like this. I think I think this card breaks Moto. There's no way day one this doesn't break moto i mean they made Ozolith work this is a lot more there's a lot more weird <laughs> things but maybe Ozylith, they can I make think it work can, you can make work this this i don't i don't know i mean may, maybe but like i believe I, be- I, I believe i'd like to believe i'd like to believe so
0: fingers crossed otherwise it's gonna be the saddest podcast for all of us <laughs> oh yeah just none of these make it <laughs> yeah all right. Uh, Karim, what is the card that you are very hyped for from the commander sets? Uh, oh, right. Uh, yes. So the card I'm most excited for, or one of them,
1: uh, I, I didn't put this in a specific order of like hype or anything. These are just the yeah. top three cards that I'm really excited for. Uh, and so my first one is Change of Plans, X, 1, and blue. Uh, each of X target creatures you control connive. You may have any number of them phase out. So I love the ability to connive, and the phasing out is the big part here. I already love March of the Swirling Mists, uh, and, and, you know, when Richard talked about it, I was like, okay, well, clearly I'm on the right path if Richard's playing it, right? So, uh, <laughs> like, March of the Swirling Mists is sweet, but now I get to connive and then also just phase X amount of my creatures. I don't have to, but I could. So as we get the farewells and better sweepers and better answers in Commander, uh, I want to be able to protect my board. And this is like the perfect thing for someone like – Again, I don't really like playing these tribes, like ninjas, rogues, or fairies. Uh, But, like, hypothetically, but yeah, I I hate those tribes. But if I did like them hypothetically, right, I would totally jam the crap out of this card in there. It protects all of them. It's so perfect, and I get to connive. Ow! I love (laughs) connive. I think it's such a cool ability.
3: I like phase out, but I don't like this card because you can't use it. Offensively, you can't phase out your opponent's creatures. So I think March of the Saurian is. You're always unblockable in in rogues. (laughs) Like the
1: tempo decks, you're always
3: unblockable. What if someone's killing you for lethal, and you're like, (laughs) I need to phase that out to not die. Like the other phase out cards give that optionality. They do, uh, which I think is higher upside than conniving. Like I, I don't know that conniving is worth all of this. And plus, much is you can exile cards, right? So you can actually right, right. save your team with, like, one mana, whereas this, you actually need a ton of mana. So while I agree with you, phase-out will be the most OP thing going forward in 2022, I think we have better phase-out cards.
1: So, but we'll see. But Maybe this... we really need to overload on phase-out cards, and I can see you putting this in. Like, it, yeah, like, I, I love overloading on phase-out cards. Like if it, Like, I know that my humans deck doesn't have the ability to, like, use, like, march, but good lord i packed that thing with indestructible and as many like ways to make it so my board doesn't die and so and that's the same with how i build my tempo decks right and and like the nice thing about this is like it, just more redundancy again just having more redundancy is why I love this not because I think that connive is better than march uh, March's like offensive abilities but just because I think just having more effects like this is what a deck a tempo deck could use being able to phase out my tokens like from bitter blossom or something like that that's that's big
2: Actually, I wouldn't want to lose. Wouldn't want to lose those 1-1s. ones. That'd be a I shame. Don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh,
1: amassing an army takes a lot of work. My, my little, like, like little one-one blue men. I, I, I want to keep them. My whatever. My unblockables. So, I do think connive is a big upside. Like uh, looting a bunch of times
2: is that is an upside. It's growing your creatures, which is also nice. So it's kind of like a weird pump spell. I don't know if that makes it better than March's Swirling Mist, but I do think this card's pretty sweet. I also am starting to wonder, though, like, with how much phase-out stuff we're getting, sooner or later you are going to have to start making choices. Like, how many of these effects can you play in your deck? Which one am I going to play? Which one's right for my archetype? Uh So I think we are heading that direction because we're just getting so much phase-out stuff. But I would definitely play this in, like especially a graveyard style deck where I can take advantage of the conniving like if I'm reanimating or have other graveyard synergies or something like Hanada this seems like a really easy inclusion per next Hanada and you get the Hanada discount if you target a bunch of stuff which is cool so I think there are certainly uses for it for sure I don't
0: know I like it that much I I mean I like like it if you're in a deck that can really utilize the looting or the, the plus one plus one counters but it's minimum three mana to to cast it and, and get any value out of it to target one of your own creatures, and it can't target your opponent's creatures, which I feel like the lack of flexibility there kind of kind of hurts it. I think Richard and well the group group sold me on the one mana phase out one and the March of Swirling Miss. This one's a little bit tougher. I, I can see there's some decks that would like it. Any any sort of graveyard deck. So like the Mirror Rogues, I think should be able to get good value out of it because you're in black so you can reanimate your own things that you connive off of but it's three mana it's three mana to to save like one creature oh no 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 like you're you're passing the turn you're leaving
1: up your mana like like (laughs) in these decks anyways right because you're playing flash you're playing at instant speed so i think on average okay if you have three okay I know I often have three mana, but actually these tempo decks do draw more than three mana. And being able to like seriously the conniving X amount of times and pumping your board is really good on like decks that have a bunch of little low to the ground or like evasive creatures. Like it, it starts adding up and getting a lot of chip damage in there. And I think that's being overlooked that th- these counters are 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 very nice. I do, I do have a question. They're good in crim decks. I do have a question about these cards
2: though. Like these blue ones. If you can't target your opponent's stuff, are you not better off just playing a counterspell? Like, if your concern is, like, their farewell's gonna get my board, is a counterspell just a better way to deal with that no. if you can't use it offensively?
1: Believe it or not, no. So, as I've said before, I think the biggest thing and the biggest selling point for these effects is that I can benefit from a board wipe. I yeah, want you to resolve true. that board You one-sided
3: wipe. board wipes if you kill this off.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Every single I don't, and time I... a heroic intervention is responded to by board wipe, and then we just everybody else loses all their board, and we just cry a yeah. little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all
1: right. Fair that's enough. the biggest appeal, and that way you, you know. save your counterspell for whatever your opponent's actually trying to do.
0: That's fair. But then you're, you still need to like commit like six mana or something, whereas like hero intervention. Oh, blue blue two. doesn't pay for their counterspells anymore. You know that? Yeah, that's true.
1: We're just gonna get uh fierce guardianship too, uh, except it's just gonna hit anything.
0: <laughs> We're change of planes, but you just don't pay mana for it if you have a commander <laughs> yeah. out that, be... for the next that's guardianship cycle. Or
1: <laughs> I do hope that exists though. <laughs>
0: All right, moving on. Richard, what is a card that you are super hyped for from this set? All right, Benny
3: Brax, Zoologist, three and a white, three, two, a legendary creature, elf, druid, convoke. At the beginning of each end step, if you created a token this turn, draw a card. A token, not a creature <laughs> token, a token. <laughs> So if you were to play, like, I don't know, a Smothering Tithe, I'm pretty sure you just win the game right here. Uh, As you get unlimited mana and unlimited cards, um, there's just so many things that make tokens on everyone's turns. Uh, Keeper of the Accords, something like that. Uh, If you have a Sack you can keep it going forever. This card is insane. I think... I don't know what they're doing, but, like, White has too much card draw now. Like, what is going on with this? Like, I don't know why they had to make it so easy. And you can invoke this thing out? Like, what? <laughs> right? So, I, I I don't know what they're doing with this, but I think this card is absolutely the bomb. And with treasures being so prevalent, it is not hard to make tokens nowadays. You don't even have to be a token deck. You just need to make treasures, right? Like,
1: it's not yeah. that difficult. This card is cracked. This card this is card straight is up cracked. cracked. This card is actually cracked. This card is actually Benny insane. Cracks, dude. <laughs> Benny Cracks is, like, is, is like legitimately uh, absurd. I think this is a very powerful card, and it's going to be, like, pretty much a staple, I think, in a majority of of, of white decks. So, I, are there decks that don't want this? Because, like, go-wide decks can get it down even earlier, uh, and, and those go-wide decks are probably even token decks, so right. why, like... You do
2: have to make tokens. Like you do have to make tokens. I don't think you can just be like, Oh my whatever white deck has a smothering tithe in it. So that's gonna work
0: out or something. Angel Tribal has a smothering tithe. Yeah, yeah. so Angel Tribal
1: decks like mono white and whatnot. They make tokens. A lot of tokens now. Like lots of angels make tokens or spirit tokens or, or, or anything along those lines. Like things just make tokens like Richard had mentioned. Like It literally just blink an eye and it'll make a token, right? Like that, that's what it does now. So is it really that unheard of? How much,
2: how many token producers do you want uh, to feel comfortable putting this in your deck? You're playing mono white. How many, how many ways to make tokens do you need before you're putting this in your deck? I assume they have to be mostly repeatable. I think like raise the alarm style effects that are like, oh, here's a one shot burst of tokens. It's fine, but it's not like super exciting. What's it what's Dude, your number? I
1: I mean I would say like about like ten to twelve. Okay. I would play it like yeah. ten to twelve. Um Mars <laughs> so have like smothering tithe and like I don't know
3: like, <laughs> like I, one food maker know. or something. You don't like you just you're, need you're, one one token to cycle this bad boy, right? And he convokes. You don't even pay manhood to cast this thing, right? It convokes itself out, right? So I think the upside is so high for such little downside. Remember, you're playing white. We have a lot of weenies to convoke this out, right? Like, it's like free, right? But we kind to look at the staples.
1: How many tokens do we make just off of white staples? But like, Smothering
3: S- Tide and you like say the cord
1: is close. A staple, like, because like the, one of the biggest reprints I think that has come out of all of these like precon decks is Castle Ardenvale. Oh, 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 Wait, oh, oh,
0: we got to revisit that. <laughs> <list> of, uh, <laughs> that the pay just 5 mana out? draw card. Wow! What I get, made, you I get know, made. fun of
1: that all the time. No one lets me pay
2: doubt, pay five, to draw a pay five draw card without mockery.
0: Five
1: draw card. Same. But that remember, much needed, like the community when the sets got released. They were like, "We finally got the reprint we've been asking for. Throw those dual lands out of the way. Castle Arden Vale. Here it is."
3: This is not Real a mono white card. You can play with other colors that make ample, yeah. ample tokens. Black like white? a tireless yeah, tracker, uh tender shoot dryad or whatever, right? Like there Pouring. are plenty of things that just spew out tokens, yeah. which you can jam this into your deck. So this is not like yeah. a mono white card. You can pair it with any token producing deck.
2: I mean, you play this, this in every be token deck. No, no, yeah. no even question. Like it is ultra staple and tokens. Like that's I don't even think that's up for debate. I think the more interesting part for me is like do you jam it in whatever light pause or something on the argument that like, I got smothering tithe. I got to cancel Ardenvale in my mana base. Like I'm going to make this work. <laughs> I think that's where it becomes a little bit
0: more interesting. I don't if think it doesn't I think draw me a card pause... every single turn cycle. I'm not, I'm not interested in it. And there's going to be a lot of decks that just don't do that. Like, White if you just take a random them, mono sure. white deck and you have a smothering tide, it's like, well, yeah, the nuts is when you have smothering tide. But when you don't have smothering tide, it's like what we're always talking about like how we have a, a mono white deck has farewell on it. Well, it does have farewell on it, but am I going to draw it this game? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I I I think
1: that we're overlooking how easy it is to make a token in a non-token deck. Like, well, give me give me some. Other than Smothering dive and Castle Hearnvale, give me give me a couple <laughs>
2: of cards that actually do this. So, Because uh, I'm probably just not thinking of them.
1: I'm trying to look through my
3: white decks to see, like, what actually makes a token by default. So,
1: do you, like, example, do you, does the token have to enter... Let me see here. So the token has to enter your side of the board, right? Yes.
0: If you created a well, token, yeah.
1: Oh, so then, so example, like, if I created a token, Generous Gift, does that not... I believe yes. your opponent creates the token, right? What is the wording? Yeah, on you need to generate gift?
0: gift yourself if you, yeah. if you want that oh, to Okay, okay. So, well, then, it's also, that's also just a one shot. Yeah, you just you we're, just we're added not, draw a card onto your Genesis grip if you targeted yourself. But. That's not
1: that bad.
0: <laughs> like when you have like if you can that's make enough, the, if you can make enough passive things,
1: like so. Like I, I assume if we're talking mono white, Adeline exists, and that that's kind of like you know recursive. Right, that Adeline every combat oh, stuff. This is a great Adeline. yeah. a token um, deck. That, that's this only is one during like... your turn. No, right? Adeline, you can play outside of a token deck. I, I I would totally play it in black white. Right, like humans, that's... I played and I I play Adeline. Yeah. I like and like uh, Felidar Retreat is something you can play. That one's probably closer to the token deck though. Um, but yeah, like I guess just I th- when I think of a lot of the the white cards, like right off the top of my head right now, like I mean Elspeth, I I would just play. Uh, like in any deck that's white, right? She makes tokens. Any variant of Elspeth really makes tokens. Uh, so yeah, like there's already those cards. I don't know. I mean, like I'm just going off the top of my head, so yeah. I'll have To like figure out the rest, but <sighs> sure. Mm.
0: Like
3: I think Keeper of the Accord is the closest oh, yeah. and, Like Keeper that's of the not that played, is right? That th- like if you get the combo going, but Keeper's not yeah. like really that popular.
0: You need well, you, your opponents need to have less creatures than you, right? Like or sorry, more creatures than you. And it is each oh, end step, right? It is, It is, is each yeah. end step. Like, this, like, we're talking about, like, is it going to be good outside of token decks? And, like, there's there's some argument there, but, like, there's no denying that, like, we all agree that this card is, like, one of the best yeah. white card draw options ever printed, oh, right? Like, yeah. in, in a token deck, like, this is, like, literally, you would run it in, like, non-white decks easily for tokens, it's, right? It's like yeah.
2: Srom or Pure Seal Paladin. Like, it's that level. It's like the... Uh, Like, a lot of white card draw that we've talked about, like, white gets absurd card draw, but it's usually, like, restricted to a certain archetype. That's how I kind of view this. And maybe it's even a little better than that. Like, maybe you can just get enough token producers in a random white deck to make it work. But I think at a minimum, like, if you're playing tokens, not only do you play this, it's probably going to be one of the most powerful cards in your deck. It's just so good.
0: You say it's like, hmm. I guess it's different than Mentor of the Meek and like Welcoming Vampire, but like, is there anything that White has? A, I guess Esper Sentinel. Is, do you think this is more powerful than Esper Sentinel? No, no. Esper Sentinel no. you can just play in any deck. Like that, I mean, this you literally a can ceiling, play in any right? deck. That Esper
3: yeah. is very consistent
0: in a token deck.
2: Yeah. This is better than Esper Sentinel, but just in a vacuum, I don't, I don't think it is. Like I,
3: I think you're right. It has to be a token deck. But when you say token deck, people think like creature tokens right yeah, but if i'm yeah, playing right. a red deck that makes treasures this goes in like oh, a yeah, boros stack. Sure. or if i'm playing like a blue I, I don't know what i'm making like investigate like a green <laughs> investigate or something like a food a clue deck clue, something clue, like that a clue food, deck. yeah yeah, yeah like this goes in and yep. i think that opens up this for a lot more than like you know what you're thinking of like traditional like white weenie go wide yeah. decks right
0: no, it's that's slightly that's very true. better in weenie deck just because you can convoke it for literally for no mana. <laughs> uh, that's like my relatively my Even if you're hard casting this for four, it's like still Still punching way above its weight class. Like, this card is actually insane. I'm going to be so sad if it's not online. This that's, that's one will, will be online. There's no, no way this one doesn't make it unless don't they do me, uh, got... don't do that <laughs> to be sad. It's got to be. I don't, no I don't think there. this
1: breaks Moto. I don't think this breaks oh. Moto. <laughs>
0: Do you think that's the criteria on whether or not it shows? Maybe. Mostly, mostly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, this card is actually bananas. Uh, Another card that I think is, well, not as strong, but is probably this is my favorite commander out of the set. Um, And it's not mono white. Surprise, surprise. This is Jund. Uh, This is Vazzy, Key Negotiator. This is a... Uh, 5 mana, 2 black, blue, or black, red, and green. That's Jund. For a 3-3 legendary h- creature, Human Advisor with Haste. And she has a tap ability. It says, target opponent creates X treasure tokens, where X is the number of treasure tokens you created this turn. Whenever an opponent casts a spell or activates an ability, if mana from a treasure was spent to cast or activate it, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on target creature, then draw a card. So this is basically Jun Treasures. It it highly incentivizes you to make a Jun treasure deck, jam all the ways that you're gonna be generating treasures in Jun, like your docksides, like your Grim Hirelings, like your whatever. There's a bajillion different ways of doing it. And then um you're giving your opponents some treasures as well. So it's like a almost like group huggy type effect. But when your opponents use those treasures to activate whatever, whatever they're going to be using the treasures for, essentially, uh, you got to put a plus one plus one counter on something and you get to draw a card. And, and I really like this a lot because I feel this is like a super, super powerful politics commander where you can gain favor with somebody at the table by giving them treasures. So you're helping them out with their mana. Uh, but you're benefiting way more from that, uh, from that transaction because you're getting counters on stuff and you're drawing a bunch of cards in the process. And also another, another like style of deck that I've always wanted to play for, for a while now is like Jund give your opponents artifacts and then punish them for it. I was talking about this when I, when I want, when, when uh, Blood Vial Purveyor came out where you give people blood tokens, but there's a lot of cards out there these days, especially in Jund, where like, you punish your opponents for for them just having artifacts. So like Viridian Revel, whenever uh, whenever they play an artifact or an, an artifact like uh, enters the battlefield under their control, you draw a card. There's what about like the stuff old that's like,
1: huh. From like I used to play something like that in my Mogus deck. Uh, it was like a two or three mana enchantment. It's just like it, it deals damage equal to the number of artifacts they had or something like that. I think it was from like Urza's Legacy or something like that. I don't know. It was an old yeah. enchantment. So there's... there's lots of effects. I think that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a, I, I had like a, I had a Jun deck that I never actually played, uh, but I I already made like a list for it when Blood Vile Purveyor came out and it had a bunch of like these janky little things. And then you can do stuff like prevent them from sacrificing artifacts of like Stony Silence or, well, Collector Oof and, and and that sort of stuff. So I think it's really cute. Is it really strong? I don't know, but I think it's cute. <laughs>
1: I, I think it's definitely an interesting and a, a cool design. Uh, I I love that aspect of it, but I I find that too often I'm a little bit worried about giving my opponent any more resources than <laughs> like if we're if we're talking about like like power level wise I am very concerned. I will gladly let you draw the card if that means I get to play like mm-hmm. Karn Liberator or something earlier, right? Or or yeah. get my big bomb earlier, but. Design-wise, this is a sweet card. I think this is a very fun card.
2: It seems really fun to build around. I think it's a cool build around. I think it's probably like... I don't know. I also share Crim's concern that I don't know if I want to dockside and then be like, "Hey, you also get <laughs> get thirty <laughs> treasure tokens." Opponent, like, I'm a yeah. little nervous about that. But it does seem really neat if you can build around it. If you can do the like punish you for getting the artifacts, get down the Viridian Revels, get down other uh, other effects like that. Fangrin Marauder, I think, into you life when a uh, opponent has an artifact leave the battlefield. There's a bunch of pieces, so I can see a really cool deck coming out of this. Uh, but I think. I don't know. I guess you don't have to activate it. That's a that's the other thing I kind of yeah. like about it is like <laughs> just playing it as a hate card almost where your opponent, everyone's making treasures now. Everyone's playing Dockside. I wish it wasn't five mana, but you can just run this out and trust that your opponent's going to make some treasures and you're going to maybe draw some cards off of it or whatever.
1: Would this be broken if it had flash and then it was like like maybe three or four mana? It'd be a lot more playable if it had flash. Like, if your opponent sees this and plays
3: into it, you're probably not in for a good time, right? They're probably (laughs) saying, like, yes, I'm about to pop off and crack all my treasures. Go ahead and draw cards. I'm going to win the game, right? And if they can't win, they just won't do it, and they'll wait until they can win. And the activated ability, I think, is negative. I would... If there was a card that was, like, opponent gets six mana, you draw six cards. Like, Yo, Clash Week. We Slowly? all play Vazi. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. How I would do that. And you can't target the weak. So the weaker player in this case would be a player with no cards. Right? right? like someone behind on border resources. You give them six mana. They're about to spring. You know, spring ahead of all of you. Right. So I, I don't know. I, think I guess the, just why though. You have to do the Punisher deck, like Tomer said. Right. You give them all the artifacts, and then you you slap them with it. Right. But you can't play it fairly. I think fairly, it's going to work out poorly.
0: It it is it is definitely a risk, but the one thing that is nice is you don't even have to activate the ability to get value out of it because it's still it's still the passive ability works on whatever treasures are being used. So if, if you're in a meta that has a lot of uh treasures, just you know, people playing treasure decks like Prosper or whatever, you just slap down Vazzy and just not activate her ability and you'll just passively be drawing a bunch of cards and making counters Uh, off that alone, which is pretty neat. So so the saving grace is like literally every card in the set makes treasures. (laughs) Treasures. Like Wizards has gone
3: ham on treasures. Like everything makes a treasure. So maybe just as a treasure hate piece, it's like good enough on its own. You don't even need to use its ability and pretend it doesn't exist.
2: It's... I like like that that it's not as strong. though. But then I think there's an upside though there. Like if you're playing a treasure deck and someone drops a Stony Silence or something they're probably going to have to kill you or kill the Stony Silence because it just stops their deck from working. This, because it's weaker? I don't know. Even if I'm playing a treasure deck, I don't know if this is something that really troubles me. Like, sure, you get to draw some cards and make some uh, counters, but it doesn't seem strong enough that I, you're going to become arch enemy or like, have to be dealt with because you play it, which can be an upside sometimes in Commander. You're gonna get one shot if you crack twenty
3: if you crack twenty <laughs> treasures. This thing is just a one-shot command, right? So you can't actually just go
2: crazy. You still need to respect it a little bit. Well, also it's worth mentioning that like it's not for each treasure that's cracked. You get one If they cast a ten mana spell with ten treasures, you draw a card and get a counter. Wait! Oh no!
3: This is
1: remove everything I said. This is trash.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So if I pop like twenty treasures to cast
1: an X spell, you you draw one card. Yes. Yeah. I did not know that either. I thought it would. I thought it worked the way. (laughs) I thought you draw twenty. It's (laughs) it's not that good, but it's very funny. Wait. So I give you. I can give you thirty treasures and only draw one card. If you spend it all on one spell, yeah. You get it for each Holy
0: spell that smart. is cast yeah, the like, treasure yeah, mana, yeah. Yeah, You're going to use a treasure here. You're going to use a treasure <laughs> there. You know? He's just... you I, know like deck, the treasure, I like your deck,
2: Tomer. I like your deck idea, Tomer. I think your deck's going to be really fun. I, I like Outside the idea of that. Of, yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm not sure about this
1: card, though. Outside of that very specific <laughs> <Yeah. vicinity> deck, <laughs> look. I think that, it, that's a cool idea, though. Yeah, like if with, it with makes Bloodbill its way whatever.
0: onto Commander, onto uh, Magic Online, this is one of the decks. I promise you, I will showcase all Commander Is it a good <laughs> deck? Probably not, but will do it me? be funny? I think so, and I, just, I think it'll be funny in like week. a way that like the group Seriously. will be like, huh.
1: Do a Vazzy week, and then just make yeah. it so that everyone plays Vazzy, and then just see who
0: actually ever activates it. No, we're to gonna make it.
1: Dockside week, and then <laughs> we're
0: gonna bring Vazzy. <laughs> yes. You thought you thought eight and a half tails on Mono White week was was metagame. They think about Vazzy week on Treasure week. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, We got uh, Seth. What do you got for us next? Uh, We're sticking with the, the Jund commanders,
2: but this time we have one that I think is actually like... Legitimately scary, the Beam Town Bullies. This is a card that people have been pretty hyped about. It's caused a bunch of buyouts. It is four mana in the junk colors. You get a four for a legendary Ogre Devil Warrior. It has vigilance and haste, and it has an ability that lets you tap it to make target opponent whose turn it is reanimating non-legendary creature from your graveyard and goad it, and it gets haste, and it goes away at the beginning of the next end step. So essentially, this is a commander that forces an opponent to reanimate a non-legend from your graveyard, and it forces them to attack with it. So people have been buying out some of the worst cards in Magic's history, quite literally. We're talking about Levelers. We're talking about Eater of Days. We're talking about um, Hellcarver Demon, one of our, one of our worst <laughs> mythos one of, the best of all cards. times. Underrated, or was underrated. And I actually, one of the things I love most, and one of the things I look for with Commander Freakons, is I look for... Commanders that make bad cards playable. Those are my favorite Commanders. The ones that all of a sudden this card that you would never use anyplace else is really good in a specific deck. And I think Beamtown Bullies is exactly that. It's a really unique, weird twist on reanimation. But I'm actually like a little scared this might be too strong. It seems very easy with this having Vigilance and Haste to just be like, okay, in tomb, put the leveler in my graveyard, pass the turn, upkeep, tap this, like, sorry, your library's exiled, draw for your turn, gotcha like is this card overpowered like it's it's a really weird card but i'm almost like legitimately scared that this is going to be too good and people are not going to realize it because they're thinking oh my deck's full of levelers my deck's full of hellcarver demons but this is actually just going to be taking people out like on turn three or something pretty consistently
0: i i do think that the main phase and you still have to like you still, It's also, like, deal the combat damage, right? Oh, wait, no, Leveler is just like straight just, up, That's right? an ATB, yeah. yeah. You just, oh, yeah. He's dead. Just,
3: that's, you're just dead. <laughs> you're just dead. As four mana that's, haste, I think. I don't know if this yeah. is too strong, but it's definitely not fun, right? There's, like, no interaction here, and, like, it's not even a creative combo, right? Like, what do you do? Okay, you Soul Ring and Tomb or whatever, Jewel Lotus, just power this thing out, and you activate it and your opponent is dead and you only kill so, one I person know. so
2: you do you got the yeah, film problem where you dead. got the one person so, that's sitting there for two hours so everyone else so continues. you really ruined the commander game now because now <laughs> you
3: removed one yeah. person and then i don't know like it should not have haste it should not have repeatable yeah. reanimation
0: like this like i don't i think it's always it, it would have always had that problem right the fact that leveler something like leveler exists and that's that's why you're running this, this card, right? Like, you're not doing this to just like give them a random value creature to, to goad them with. You're trying to do, do the utmost spice and the utmost spice is, is leveler. I feel like it, it's very cute on concept, hence why the speculators bought it out. But like, this is a deck that you like, you assemble, you do it one time, you realize that it leads to an unfun game and then you immediately take apart your deck.
3: What if you don't realize it's unfun and you just keep doing oh, it? Oh, people will I mean, tell you. It,
1: it, it'll be pretty funny, like it, to see it happen a decent amount of times. one time, but like you know, th- I'm just saying you could just play drawneth magistrate and it never hits the board. But uh, but, the- but like like legit though, I I do think that priest. yeah, like this this is one of those things where you know like graveyard hate is going to be even more important. On top of that, uh, yeah, like the. Uh, The the repeat play patterns is, like, one of the biggest things that make me kind of, like, break a deck or stop playing a deck. Like, I, I, I broke Eureka pretty quick, uh, all of that, and I, I think that these this deck's going to just hit that same play pattern. It's cool right now, but then it's going to happen a lot, and then you're probably going to get bored. I, I think the pl- the owner, the player, will get bored before the pod will. Is, is this CEDHable?
3: You're like, Cavern of Souls, huh? Beam down bullies, right? You're dead. Like, I, I mean, in a meta where everyone's prepped with, like, swan songs and stuff, you're like, huh, here's are beam-town bullies. Like, can you get there?
0: And almost, almost seems like You it. have the kind of creature in your grave, are, right? Is someone going to force a will You turn one in two? Like, you know, like... <laughs> I, I mean, know. if you're on um, beam time, bullies, I, I guess probably, they see the beam time right? bullies in command zone, so they know what's yeah, about to happen. Yeah, you mental misstep that, and you're like, all right, good job <clears> not <throat> doing anything with your 4-4 vigilance. haste maybe you'll smack somebody for four <laughs> The
1: problem is that you'll only be able to kill one person, and that means two other people are going to try to Thoracle after you kill the, like... That's where I mean, the you, health card You just card throw down some stacks and pieces or oh,
2: something? I,
3: don't know, yeah, yeah, I, I feel yeah. you could actually play this as, like, a tier 2, 3 CDH deck and, like, get something done. I think so. Uh, I don't the know. Thing, this uh, is this, the haste is what really throws us off. Like you, right. there's like no setup. Like they no just come down time. and kill
0: someone. Yeah, Just comes down. Yeah, <sighs> and you're in green. I mean, you're in Jund, So like odds are you can get this out turn two pretty. Uh... Yeah, understandably easily. Even At the very least. Make sure there's no removal uh, (laughs) coming coming down. I learned that with Dark
2: Confidant Modern. Um, My main problem with this card is I think season commander. (laughs) I feel like people. ah, You could build a really fun deck with this. It could be a cool like goad group huggy style commander, but I think this is one of those commanders that people are going to get levelered once and you're never going to be able to talk the table into the fact that you're doing that. You're you're playing the fair beamtown bullies. Like, it's not going to work. People are still going to be irrationally afraid of this, even if you're like, no, 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 like, I'm just doing cool, like, goad things. My things have ETB you lose for life or something. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm not, like, trying to just one-shot you, but... No one's gonna buy it. so wait, wait,
3: what what what's this fair goad you speak of like what, what 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 would you what would you actually bring in here like a thrag tusk for your opponent like what are you,
2: <laughs> like what are you doing here that they'll be happy about this? Like, like Lava Hounds, <laughs> like, like <laughs> something still has like a negative ETB, but like Lava Hounds is ETB. It damages you for four something like that. Like you could do like not the not the I get you in one turn aspect of it, but like, oh, you get this back. You take four. You got to attack someone. They take four and kind of play this weird, like bounce the
0: damage around go thing. But I think I it's think a cool the card with this. But yeah, it is a cool card, but I think like if you wanted a go deck, there's simply better options for like a non, non take you immediately out of the game. Like Cardor exists and is very good at goading. If you want to still be in Jun, you have Thantus the Warweaver, Weaver, which makes everybody attack every single turn. That's and if true. they attack you, you have a giant Thantus to block. So like, that, if, if you want that style of play and you want like a nice version of Beamtown Town Bullies, those already existed. That's so, fair. I mean, I think I you get know. Eldrazi
3: that can be reanimated. The, the, there's some that have Ooh. Annihilator on them, right? Ooh, yeah. And you're like, yeah. yeah. here, your
0: friend, King make someone. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, right. annihilate it's not someone until Oblivion. It's not that my fault. works. <laughs> yeah. You get, like, some Annihilator 4 thingy that you, yeah. you entomb and go with them. Like, it it helps you immensely because you're just take, taking somebody out in a roundabout way. The problem so is once it's down ways. to one v one, yeah. <laughs> but it, <and> then <laughs> well, also, the, also Eldrazi? the table is going to still hate you if you for <laughs> dropping Eldrazi. It's not like, all oh, right, well, you didn't one shot me with Leveler, but you're still playing Eldrazi. So <laughs>
3: that's what I'm saying. Like, in think... what world do we sit down and be like, oh, that's a cool deck, man? Like, what are you giving people such that they're pleased? Either they they died due to the creature they got, or you're the other person at the table getting hit by the Annihilator 4 thing that just came into play oh. on turn 3. That's <laughs> right? pretty like, funny. Way I'm not going to be upset. funny.
0: It is funny for one game. Like, I, I would like to see it happen. I don't know. Once, I, I'm a glutton I for pain, to Tomer. I, I can sit through a lot. All right. This, this, I, I met you halfway, Krim. <laughs> 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 Watch out. Uh, next GP Richmond. Krim's busting out. Guy. Hey, guys, I have a beam time bully. Like... <laughs> No, no, no. That's green. I don't want I'm, I'm not playing that. <laughs> All right. Uh so just buyer beware <laughs> on the Beamtown Bullies. If you didn't think that uh your deck would be I uh, hate it out, uh it's gonna be hated out. Just just to be aware. Not that you're not that you'd be shamed from playing Beamtown Bullies. Or like if there's certain tables where it's like people are totally cool with it, like that's fine. Just just know that generally it's one of those one of those those commanders that have a target on your back and there's a lot of those right so like we said that about hanada and everything like there's nothing wrong about these commanders whatsoever and if you're at a table full of high high target uh arch enemy type commanders you might not even be hit at, it at all like if you're sitting by a narset and hanada maybe beamtown bullies goes under the radar who knows but in at other tables though, you might have <laughs> to do. Until the leveler
1: worried. hits the graveyard or something like that. <laughs> that, that then you're, then you're, and then you're things get the real.
0: Moment. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Moving on. Krim, uh, what do you got for
1: us? Um, well, it's a five mana enchantment in uh it's three black white, it's life insurance. Uh which has extort whenever you cast a spell. You may pay white or black. If you do, each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life. Uh but then it has Whenever a non-token creature dies, you lose one life and create a treasure token. So I think this is a sweet card, especially in board wipe tribal decks like that I play. I, I, I do not mind losing a bit of life. uh, like Because remember, it's not your creatures. It's just any non-token creature dies. You lose a life, you get a treasure. Simple as that. Wow, and I get to extort on top of that. This is now a win con. I now have a clock. This is great. Well, I do like it's crindex badass. having win
2: cons. That, I, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing, I think. Please, will be able to kill a me? win con <laughs> taking one by yes. <laughs> yes. You
0: know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to take a very long time, life by life point. <laughs> yes. When yeah. I saw. No, it's, when I saw this card, I didn't
2: think of playing it in a control deck with Rassel that sweet. I thought, oh, this is another Pitiless Plunder, which has like infinite yeah. combos. There's so many, so many ways to go infinite with like Ashnod's Altar and a recursive creature. And then you throw this into the mix and you got a Blood Artist and you win the game. So I think uh, the Krim plan is sweet, but I think this is also just like auto include in Tisa Karlov, like those aristocrat comboy yeah. Ashnod's Altar sacrifice style
0: decks. I think it's going to be really, really good there too. Yeah, Pityless Plunder is like one of the most busted uncommons ever printed. And I think this is worse. It costs more mana, it's not a creature, and you lose a life each time you're making the, the token, which I mean it, it is a drawback, but it's not the biggest deal, but like it's a more fair version of it, which I like. Uh I s I still think that the, the card's super gassed though. Like if I'm in an if I'm in an Aristocrats deck, I'm running this card. Oh yeah. I think.
3: So good. Or I can play this fairly like someone's going to wrath the board and you just cross your <laughs> fingers and hope it's not farewell. Right? And, uh, it's always farewell. It's right? always like, farewell. Like the upside of this card is you create like 20 treasures, take 20 life, but then you can extort your way back. Extort yeah. like, the most OP mechanic of all time, right? Like you gain three life when you extort. You, for uh, one mana, yeah, it's not you just the, helix. It's not the new fixed one where you only gain one life, right? You gain one life for each opponent that takes the damage, so... I really like this card. And I can see Krim just plopping this he's like Krim was mana screwed on like three mana the whole game. He somehow makes it to turn five, plops this down, someone else rats the board, and then Krim wins off his like thirty mana out of nowhere, right? Like Rebel again, and Riches. Rebel Rebel and Riches, Riches right? But another... now you can win with an
2: actual win con with your mana, right? So yeah. I mean I the, think it's the other comparison is black market. Which is actually like kinda similar. Five minute enchantment, creature dies, it gets counters, your upkeep you have to remove those counters. Uh so is is better. Treasures are better than getting a bunch of mana during your main phase. And that's a card people play fairly. Like that's a card if you're playing just like something that's killing a lot of stuff. You just run it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna make a bunch of mana. So I think I think maybe Richard's right that you can also just play it play it in a fair deck, just like Black Market.
3: Another yeah. reason to not run farewell in yours <laughs>
1: often. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Or a reason to play, still play farewell, just because these. Yeah, exist. you need to get rid of your opponent's so, life insurance, yeah, so. and then you put your own
0: life insurance down. <laughs> that argument has the same; can be used <laughs> for a counter argument. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't buy. I don't buy a world where, where you don't play farewell. Yeah, I, like, I just don't <laughs> see it. I just don't see it. All right, moving on. Um, Richard,
3: what do you got for us? Alright, I have Spiteful Repossession, foreign and a Red Sorcery. Uh, it deals damage to each opponent who controls more lands than you, uh, equal to the difference, and then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the damage dealt this way. So, this is sweet. As a fair land ramp, hate card, I think this is kind of mediocre. Right? Like, even, like you know, in the best case, like let's say you bounce land your way in, and Lotus Field, like maybe you get like 4 or 5 damage and 4 or 5 mana out of this. But what if you Zurn Orb and sacked all your lands, right? And then you Underworld Breach and do it again, right? And, you know, like you can keep going, right? Like, Ooh. I think this is like a very spicy finisher, and it's like turbocharged mana geyser that actually finishes the game. So I think there's a lot of cool shenanigans you can do with this. Maybe you can do something fairly, but I'm gonna I wouldn't count like that. it. I think the unfair. Way I was just know, gonna oh, put yeah. this
1: in Torbrand. <laughs> like, like it's kind of it's just a fun fair like burns spell, right? Because it
0: wait it triggers based
2: on the amount of damage that's dealt. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so but- Torbrand would actually like give you more damage even if your opponent doesn't have that many more lands than you. That's I could see that. That's that's pretty sweet. I hadn't really thought of Richard's combo. That's also when I saw this card I was kinda like I like what they're trying to do and I like that we're trying to punish the green ramp player, but I don't know if this card actually gets there. But now that I hear you guys talking about it, like those ideas actually sound pretty pretty appealing.
0: Should be three I think it should have been, yeah, less mana than this. At five it's kind of kind of oof, but I had I had an idea. So there's one tribe that really loves uh loves uh land deficiency. And that is the mighty moonfolk. So you need to you need to you need to splash red, is it right? Even a, is it Moonfolk? You go. This is this is where is it? This is where finally is it Moonfolk gets to shine. I don't know what the commander is, but you splash it for Spy for <laughs> Possession. You can return all the lands to your hand really easily with Moonfolk, and then you get max value. You don't need to even sacrifice stuff. Think about it
3: please do it Tomer please kill somebody that would make it just make some Prismari as a
1: deck and just do it
3: value. even better
1: even better is if it's like under the like hidden under like a broken commander like oh, I'm playing niv it. <laughs> but then yeah just yeah. all folk, oh, too good
3: there's gotta be like okay I think you can one turn kill someone you you spiteful repossession you fork it you sack mm. all your lands and then you like price the progress or something. Like, should be enough. Maybe you underworld breach and do it all again. But, like, I feel there's some combination of stuff you could do here that's like a reasonable looking win Worst case, but, what if, <laughs> you just do the, you pull the set, you sack all your lands, you, you make the mana, and then you just cast like a 10 10 and call it a day.
0: You know, I'm, like, you know, like. Like, Comet Storm exists, right? Like, you could just straight <laughs> up just... There's so many easier ways to kill your opponents with damage. This already
3: <laughs> does damage, though. If you have seven lands, you're taking seven yeah, damage. And then you just sacrifice all your lands. Like. It's part of the combo. It's, I play it's part, part of like, the, the
2: combo. That'd be so good in my Demon deck that I just played. Like, yeah, it'd be... It all, deck? I, I will throw this well, in my What, what if you deck? end this with the Jockalops? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. Even it out.
2: This is right. very good. Obliterate or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. I, I kind of like it. And Why? Isn't there. Yeah. What is a mechanic that makes you pick up all your lands? Do you remember? Sweep. Oh my God. That mechanic's so from bad. Wait, there's a card that makes you pick up all your
3: it's lands? It's a
0: mechanic. Is it well, it let
3: you pick up so all your
0: Kenzan. lands. Yeah. <laughs> uh sweep return any number of mountains you control to their owner's hands and deals damage equal to a creature equal to twice the number of mountains oh and my. each
1: That's it, it was a cycle pick him up
0: pick them up pick them oh up oh my god Actually, it wasn't this even is a perfect cycle for
1: tor brand. are you kidding me this is amazing oh, oh wait isn't so there good. that
2: what about oh what about um teferi's Realm? Can't you phase out all your lands?
0: You phase out all yeah. your lands. You're pulling up their land can, still. Then you yeah. cast this. Oh. This is, that's, that might actually be the best one. <laughs>
2: because it <this laughs> doesn't involve permanently losing Yeah, you all still the get earth. to keep your mana. And you maximize that's this. That's
0: actually...
3: You sweep, I actually like that. <laughs> you sweep. You Jockalops. You red in
0: seven. Slap all your lands back down.
3: Okay. Man, okay. Why don't
0: you play more to Realm? Imagine you just—you could just like Teferi's Realm and then Armageddon after you phase out all your lands. We, yeah, we that said actually do. land is not cool. So
3: yeah, funny. well, yeah,
1: usually because we get yelled at. If what we, we, we said. <laughs>
3: Yeah, okay, but there's so fine. much shenanigans you can do here. But I agree with Seth. As a ramp hate cards a little <laughs> weak sauce. But I think there's some cool, fun things you can do with this, uh, with this card.
0: Green player, you ramp too much. I'm going to deal <laughs> a little bit of damage to you. Watch out. <laughs> I don't know green player wins next turn. <laughs> I like it. This is very cute. This is what I'm here for. All right. Uh, next up, we got... Oh, all right, so this might be my favorite card from the entire set. This is... The artwork is... <laughs> The artwork is also fantastic, too. This is Smuggler's Share. Uh, it is a white enchantment that is both card advantage and uh, mana generation for white. It's two and a white for an enchantment that says, At the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn. Then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands... Enter the battlefield under their control this turn. So, uh, if your opponents are land ramping, you get to make a treasure at the end step. If your opponents are drawing more, a a second card on their turn, they draw one card for the draw step. And then if they draw another card on their turn, boom, uh, you get to draw a card as well. Also, I guess, I guess, instant speed if anybody's drawing cards as well, too. Uh, If your opponent plays a fetch land and then, and then cracks it immediately uh, for a land, uh, you get to make a treasure as well. So that's like a lot of, a lot of card draw potential and treasure making potential in a three mana white enchantment. You can potentially be drawing multiple cards and or generating multiple treasures every single turn cycle with this. I think this card is actually bananas. It's like really good. And not only is it really good, but I actually think it's so much healthier than like. I hate. I hate tax effects so much. I hate smothering tithe and I hate S And you all know this. But I absolutely hate the fact that it's trigger spam. I hate that every single time something happens, you have to hear the, do you pay the X? i think it slows down the game i think it's just unhealthy for the format it it brings everything to a crawl this doesn't have any of that it just happens you don't have to bicker about it you don't have to talk about it you don't have to be that you do pay the X. it just happens and it it doesn't interfere with the, the flow of the game at all and it's really good i think this card is like one of the best like Passive, no hoops to jump through, uh, card advantage and mana generation in white. Like you don't have to be a token deck or anything. You just put this in a deck and it it does its job, right? So I I think this is like one of the coolest designs. I really need to my favorite set. I really need to go back and watch like a season of Commander Clash and
2: just count how often this would trigger because I really am trying to wrap my head around it. I feel like treasures you're not going to make that often is my guess. Like you can play around it with fetch lands. It's good against the green player if you have it, like, on turn three. So I think the treasures are kind of a bonus. The card draw... Do you think you draw a card every turn cycle? Like, are there enough Rhystic studies yes. and enough effects that you're going to get at least one card? If you get it, your own personal holly mind out of this, where you're drawing an extra card every turn, the card's great. Like, that's... I think that's my floor. Like, if this is my white Fraxian arena, I'm thrilled with this card. Even if I never make a treasure, uh, and if I get more than that, then that's even, even better. Then that's absurd. Will we though? Oh, I don't. I think I'm scared because of monologue tax. Like monologue tax. You remember when people were all like, "Whoa, monologue tax! That card's gonna be so
0: good!" And then like it's trash. As Tomer said, it's trash, and no one actually plays it. I said it was trash as soon as I saw that card came out, and then I said it was trash even more when people said it was good. This card, I'm saying, is going to be amazing. This card is going to be amazing, and I, I'm okay. I'm okay if you if you clip this in the future, and make fun of me. But called shot, this card is going to be amazing.
3: Homer, you know we're mono-white buddies, right? We, like, share yeah.
0: views on, like, everything.
3: Of course, except, except for
0: Cartographer's hawk, <laughs>
3: <talk>. Secret Rendezvous <laughs> and Smuggler's and some- share. This, there's so many hoops what? you got to draw through. Like, just play Secret Rendezvous and call it a day. Like, <laughs> no! I feel you're not going to draw much off of this. Like, I think it will eventually cycle. Like, if you're alive four turns later, someone must draw... Two cards, right? And you will draw one. But I think if you play this on turn three, you're not going to draw a card. You just spent three mana and did nothing. And you know what? If you don't have a green player, that's not ramping. If people just play like Mana Dorks or Mana Rocks, it
0: still does nothing. What about think- if you just like, you you play your fourth land, it's a fetch land and you need to play a four drop. Are you not going to crack the fetch land immediately and play your four drop? Because... I'm gonna make. Maybe, a or they play a Punish three drop being and fetch it on another turn, right? Like you know, they <laughs> they're don't have not to. gonna do that. You're gonna go for but, it. Listen, they do.
3: You got one. You spent three mana and made one treasure, right? On then this, I like, put them
0: back a turn. That's that's not
3: worth. I feel you, can, if you wanted to draw cards or ramp. You can just. More mm-hmm. aggressively play like a worn power stone and call it a day, it right? Like so that's too
0: conditional for me. I don't really. You don't think you're going to draw at least one card per turn cycle off this? Per turn cycle, no. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't think there's going to be a Phyrexian arena at the very least, as floor wise? You need to hope they have
3: an arena. you just play wedding ring or something if you're going to do this, right? <laughs> like if you're banking on your opponent's cards. drawing so
1: early.
0: Everybody I mean, he draws cards. If you combine think, it like, with I think that there,
1: there are other ways to like draw cards. Now, like I, I would just play a welcoming vampire over this, right? Like I'd probably like guarantee that I draw something. But I don't know. I, I think that this card's pretty decent. I, I think it's a fun card.
2: I'm leaning towards Tomer's Camp. I'm, i mean yeah. I've been in the middle since like this started and. It's probably not I, I, quite as good as Tomer thinks, but I think it's better than Richard is giving it credit for. So I guess I'm in the middle. Also worth mentioning that you can pretty easily build around it. Like, um, like Gaia Reach Sanitarium. Everyone loots. This is going to make sure that you're drawing a card. Or, like, if you play a Howling Mind or something. If you have other effects that are uh, doing that, your Secret Rendezvous is going to draw you an extra card on the end step. So uh, there are ways that you can support it. I don't know yeah. though. I want to go back and count up how many I, cards it would draw because I really don't know. I need I, I to really
3: action, because I'm
0: certainly not trying it. Well, hopefully, it will be. On, I like online, it. But I, I think it's pretty. good. Cool. I'm going to clarify though. I think this card is good, but I'm not going to say it's like better than Esper Sentinel or Smuggler's uh, whatever. What was it? Is it better Smothering than Secret Tide. Rendezvous?
3: Just rank it on the white card draw. It's still. better than
0: okay. <laughs> Secret Rendezvous is the absolute bottom, uh, and the top is like Esper Sentinel. Then I would put it I would put it somewhere in the middle. Like it's it's it is it as good as a welcoming vampire in a deck, a weenie deck? No. But the the thing is I would put this alongside a Welking Vampire in every single... I would put this in every mono white deck, is what I'm trying to say. I will put this in every mono white deck. Is it going to be the best card draw in every single mono white deck? No. Is it going to be the best ramp in any mono white deck? No. Because there are going to be specialized cards that do it do the job better. And then there's also Esper Sentinel and Smothering Tide, uh, uh, which I think are mistakes and annoying. And I put them at the very top because they're the best. But this is solid solid middle and good enough for me to put it in every, any, any mono white deck. If, I, if I'm if i playing mono-white, this, this goes in. I'm going to try it in every mono-white deck, but I'm not
2: 100% sure if it'll work out as much as I want or not. So I'm, I'm going to start off playing this, like, white Fraxian Arena, and we'll see how many cards it draws. If it is white Fraxian Arena, it stays in 100% of the time. If I yeah. end up drawing a card every third turn or fourth turn, then, you
1: know, it's, it's getting cut. Yeah, Wait a minute, though. Yeah. I, That's where I'm at, too. We're, who was not in the Phyrexian Arena camp because ah, Richard? We well, then been... won over. We, well, I've won him over to the think Phyrexian, Phyrexian uh, Arena
0: is uh, good either, <laughs> but a white Phyrexian Arena is good.
3: I not high the on, that on if you the white can't draw if you
0: come with the perspective that white is desperate
3: for card draw I, I would believe you you will three mana yolo and hope you draw cards but white draws enough cards that i but don't everybody need to draws gamble, cards, right i don't need what to do take a flip
0: on this how many turn cycles do you go where nobody draws a card an extra card like that's crazy to me i don't know two, two, three I four, five.
3: <laughs> like i don't three think years. there's that much extra card draw happening
2: but then there's Same gonna with be the ramp fun.
3: like Deficit I ramp I can it. control. This one I gotta hope you ramp or have a fetch land. Like you I know, I'm just it. hoping you do
1: it, right? So All I right, we'll
0: see. We'll mm-hmm. see. So so I, I, this is actually I, interesting. I
1: see. I see what Tomer's saying. I, I think I I like I like what Tomer uh brings up here. And, and I do think it is kind of like a a white Phyrexian arena. Although like yeah, like in black, there's just better things to do than Phyrexian Arena, but I think in white, not that white doesn't have card draw, it's just that I think this is, like, a white getting a Phyrexian Arena is pretty sweet, so... Don't,
2: don't it's like, switch it's, Phyrexian Arena, Graham. Phyrexian well, Arena like, is great. We all,
0: <laughs> we all agree, Welcoming Vampire is very good card draw. It's, like, one of the best card draw in white. But right? it'll only draw one card per turn cycle, usually... Um, I don't think can, it's... You can trigger it yourself. You don't need to wait <laughs> for anyone to it Yeah, you can trigger it yourself, you. but, but that's good. I think this is going to trigger one's per turn cycle on average. And there will be that's games that's all
2: where, it needs to do. And there will be games where someone has a Rhystic Study or something, and you're just, like, drawing three, four cards. You're just drawing all the time. Like, those games are going to happen <laughs> okay, too Seth, on occasion. If there was a
3: smuggler's no. share on the <laughs> battlefield and a Rhystic Study... <laughs> No. Do you pay the one? No. Oh, you no. You, you gotta you have just a let Everyone draw cards. So, so you Seth gotta have a code. to
0: have the smuggler share, and then he's gonna yes. be like, well, now I never pay for it. <laughs> exactly. Every, now I have a every day, we
1: move closer and closer <laughs> to why I justify
0: the unbanning of the whole region. <laughs> So Seth is going to be like, well, if, if, if it's my opponent's turn and I cast two spells into Ristic Study, then he draws two cards and then I get to draw a card off Smuggler's Share. See? Winning. That sounds like this, a combo. This
1: should be a card in your deck, Seth. Yes, this is an auto-include in every one of your decks. Yeah. This card All is right. really
3: expensive for pre-order. So I think most people are in Tomer's camp here. Like, yeah. They're expecting this to be good.
0: Yeah, but if, if I, I just don't want team... What, what was it the, the bad one? Because I was, as soon as that yeah. was previewed, I said that was bad. And I had to fight a lot of people. A lot of content creators were also being like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. but no, it wasn't. Um, and this one, though, I will put my reputation on to say it's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think right.
0: there's potential for it to be it's, good. We will have to see how nice. it goes. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. Please, if there could be any one card that shows up on Magic Online from my hype list, <laughs> I want this one. It turns out it's I not I a modem. We'll never know. <laughs> my reputation can never be tarnished then that's the next level play <laughs> all right moving on um
2: seth what do you got for us we got a card that for some reason i just really like i think the card's probably horrible but it's unique and it does just some different kind of stuff and that card is life of the party it's a Four mana, zero, one elemental. It has first strike and ramble and haste. And when it attacks, it gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. And then when it enters the battlefield, if it's not a token, everyone else gets a copy of it. And it's those copies are goaded for the rest of the game. So on one hand, This is a sweet, like, token card where if you can go really wide, you play this, it comes down with trample and haste and first strike, smashes over for a whole bunch of damage by surprise. The part that's intriguing to me is the giving it to all of your opponents, like giving your opponents each one of these, and because they have zero tough uh, power, they can't just, like, block each other in combat, so they're actually kind of hard to deal with, and your opponents are just going to have to smash each other, and then the way it's worded, it's actually like blinkable, flickerable, and you can just keep, like, ephemerate and give your opponents more copies and more copies until eventually your opponents just have this huge army that you gave them that has to attack each other every turn and the whole table is going kill, to kill themselves so I think it's actually just it's a really just a different cool super fun design I don't expect it to actually be super good but I'm excited to try to build a deck that's like how many times can I blink this how many of these can I give to everyone <laughs> else can I make the table like kill themselves essentially I love those
0: cards so one of my favorite, uh, political cards was Rite of the Raging Storm. It's a bit old card, uh, 2015, I think. The card is hilarious. And that one is an enchantment for five, and it's, it basically gives, on each, each person's turn, it gives them a five, one elemental creature, uh, that has to attack one of your opponents. It has to t- it's basically Goad, proto Goad. It has to attack somebody that isn't you. Um, and it also had Trample and Haste, and, and it did, it's, basically what life of the party kind of did before um you always get a token and it always dies at the end of the turn so like you can't just like kill the token and now it's gone forever you have to remove the enchantment but this one i like i i think i even like it even more just because of seth's blink idea where like I think once you once you start blinking it and getting like more and more and more of them on the battlefield, there's not just one token that you have to deal with. There's not just like one enchantment that you blow up and now it's gone forever. There's just like everybody has them and, and they're just smashing faces and, and you're just basically, it's, you're dealing indirect damage to everybody at the table, which is, I don't know, this, this is really funny. I like it a lot. I, I think it's I, funny. I think it's pretty
1: funny. I, I... <laughs> This this is that was exactly what I was thinking of right of the Raging Storms and this feels like it would just be another fun version of it and you know I would try this in my chaos deck. I would try this yeah. in my chaos deck. Yeah. It works it works I, in chaos I think. Yeah, like I think it I I always that's one of the like the first few things I do uh see what can go in chaos and I think this is probably one of the biggest contenders for my chaos deck uh from all the new stuff that I've seen.
3: I wish it wasn't plus X and it was a fixed number, because I feel this is a king-makey card. Whoever has creatures, like, wins out of this exchange, right? You will just murder <laughs> everyone. Uh, and then if you're a Krim there with zero creatures, like, yeah, I attack with my 1-1, here's my revenge, right? <laughs> Krim's <Like, so, laughs>
1: revenge.
3: I wish it was a fixed amount, like, by the Raging Storm. But I feel this, is, like, if there's a green player that's going wide or something, Avengers Zendikar, or they have, like, a beefy blocker, I feel this really
2: king-makes them, so... I think. I don't know. I think why they had to do it this way is if you don't gain it takes other. power, then they just yeah they all just smash into each other and die. This way they actually might stick around for a little bit. But
0: I do I, know what you're saying. Mm. It's going to be way stronger like, like for some a players than others. Plus
3: five, plus zero instead of plus X, plus zero. Okay, I'm I'm actually, actually, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm actually a little bit worried because it they can block. I kind of wish they couldn't block because. My my fear would be like you play life of the party and then all your opponents agree like, okay, I'm gonna attack into you. They all have first strike. And they will all have kill have one each power, other off. So you could just have them all kill each other off, which was kind of, it kind of reminded me of that saga that Richard played. Yeah, with that men was rats. horrendous. <laughs> <We also laughs> everybody's rat. I was like, wait, this didn't work at all. Although so someone- I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about that, but
2: I guess you are still getting in some damage at least because it has trample. Yeah. Uh, so so at least even if you do the chump block thing, you're getting one shot in. But that is a good point that people are gonna try to gonna try to trade them off.
0: You have to do something like uh, the enchantment that says nobody can block. Also, really confu- Can't you
1: just confusion in the ranks? Yeah, that. No. There you go.
0: Also, seems good with no. No.
2: Go decks if okay. you're playing Kazakar Wait. or something. It it it
1: curves <laughs> from confusion in the ranks. Oh no. my god, that's so good, no. Seth. Yes. Yes. No. 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 This is a good Next thing because in every. Average- Every day, you know, Tomber and Seth now are slowly... The meter's moving. They're all going to become chaos players. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm going to be busy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely sick on that day.
0: All right. Uh, moving on.
1: Krim, what do you got for us? Well, okay. This is actually... I, I, okay, I, I love the commanders like on, on Hello and all all of them, right? But. This is probably the card I am the most excited for, like, out of all the pre-cons. And I know this is kind of weird, but it's just a very simple creature. It's Cephalid Face Taker. Uh, it's two blue. It's a Cephalid Rogue. Uh, can't, it uh, can't be blocked. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may have Cephalid Face Taker become a copy of another target creature until end of turn, except it's a 1-4 and has this creature can't be blocked. So, I really like this creature because, A, we haven't seen Sephalids in a while. I don't think I've seen it since, like, Torment. Uh, It's been a long time since, I think, the last time we saw that. It's a rogue, and it does all the rogue things I love. It's got the unblockable, and then on top of that, it can become another creature. Of course, the creature itself isn't a rogue, unless I copy a rogue, Uh, but... I just love this. I think the the unblockable part, this is like my favorite little low to the ground, uh, like kind of, you know, evasive cheap blue threats that I love. So this is just falls right in line with that. It's a rogue. It's got all the relevant types. And I anything that says can't be blocked, I will automatically look at and consider, is this worth putting in one of my decks? Just because I love little can't be blocked creatures. Why? Because that all dates back to my love for Shadow Mage Infiltrator, essentially.
2: That
3: doesn't look I
1: like a cephalid.
2: Like <laughs> that does
1: not. Yeah, look like I got to on this
3: card. This is not a cephalid. This
2: is like it's an a new, insult
3: to squid
0: people. Cephalid. It is all a cephalid, but it just looks like but a it's human. Taking somebody's face. It, but but that's not its real face. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that that, that face is
1: it cloning something else. That's uh. like it's like the
0: movie Face Off, where like they're taking <laughs> With Nicholas else's Cage. Face. Yeah, so, yeah, this is just okay. pretty much... Nick Cage and the other guy. I forgot his name.
1: Yeah, this the, I, and like they did redesign the cephalids though, but I don't think it yeah, looks th- bad. It looks cool. Th- th- this this is like redesigning slivers, man. Like,
3: where's Phil? Where's deep sea monster yeah. guy? Like, come on, does, we are like giant have, calamari things,
0: okay? Like, look what happened stands. here? Got, it does all have sliver slivers? vibes, right? It has like M14 sliver vibes. I it's do get waste. that a lot. Remember we had that conversation
3: of why there aren't enough races or something, and we're like, oh, maybe they need to look like humans. So we. uh... <laughs> You know, we feel closer to them. Here it is. <laughs> you took a squid and turned
1: them into a human, man. Come on. I. Th- but I think the rework on cephalids uh, looks, uh, cephalids, if you would, <laughs> uh, uh, like where they all just look like saffron olive. Uh, but, but no, legitimately, all the, the cephalid reworks, I think they look better than like how the sliver reworks looked. Well, that's not a very okay, high I, bar. I agree with that. <laughs> it's like bar yeah, very low. I mean, okay.
2: So <laughs> as but as like- far as this card, though, as far as this card, it reminds me of Mind Link mech. Maybe not quite as mm-hmm. strong, but a lot of the same shenanigans. I think it's better like if- than Mind Link mech. Well, part of the power of mind Mike, is it makes it a 4-4, four four. so if you want to, like, a uh, cephalic Constable someone and bounce for permanence, this, like, isn't going to do that. Yeah. But it does similar stuff where if you want to be getting in with a creature that has a powerful attack trigger but isn't very good at attacking, like, a, a free Flame Painter is a really good example. Like, busted combat damage trigger. You to cast any incident or surgery from your graveyard for free, but it's really bad at actually getting in because it's a one four, so it's easy to block. This is great with stuff like that. So I think building around it in a similar way to my link back, I think it's a really cool card for just like forcing through combat damage with stuff that's not very good at getting in combat damage.
1: Seth is so... So combo-oriented. I'm just like, ooh, unblockable. And I can maybe make it yeah. another, another uh, uh, I don't know, lord effect or something, right? Like, ooh, I can turn this <laughs> into, <laughs> like, a, a soaring thought thief.
2: Oh! <laughs> my bitter I mean, blossom
3: Master of Cruelties. That's what you need here. Ooh. Master of Cruelties ooh. is sweet.
1: That's another yeah. thing you can do. It's already a 1-4, so it's a natural fit. But the, oh, I, I love me some is, unblockable is legendary. Like no, it's not, right? No, nope. okay, I mean, I can that, you can, now.
0: like... You can you can do some nasty things with this. Like, you could like, copy a port razor, yeah. for example. Oh, Unblockable port razor combats. take 3 extra combat steps. Ooh. I mean, that that's that's pretty spicy. I like how open ended it is.
1: Why are you all trying to make it broken? Just make it fair. <laughs> just
0: play it fairly. Just a 1 yeah. 4. Well, just a CDH dagger channel, Krim. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it is good with equipment, I guess. Like, unblockability works well there. I can see that. Uh-huh. Or or it's just a
0: soaring thought I don't know about this. Fair, too I have heard of Invisible plan
2: <laughs> Oh, I love Invisible. Yeah.
0: I love Invisible. You can copy a scroll thief and draw a card you, off. Yes, you yeah. can.
1: Or or I it's opposition agent number two for some odd reason that you need it on a <laughs> <laughs> I just love it because it's a, a, like unblockable and it's a rogue and it can copy anything. So I think yeah. that it is very versatile in what it can copy. If it were maybe yeah. like if I think I'd like it less if it were just only your stuff, but I think I can copy anything, and I like that. that that's a I'm gonna, that's. I'm gonna creature. copy a real
3: cephalid
0: and change the art. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm okay with the news. Like, do do I like them as much as the Dominaria cephalids? No, but. I mean planes are allowed to have different versions of the same species. We've seen that. Yeah, before. it's like region-locked Pokémon. It's like species? an a lowland al- an a lowland cephalid. No, That's what it is. We've seen you goblins on different planes look different. Like there's like the bogarts on the Lorwyn and then there's like I don't know, normal goblins. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards already goblins the, the white and they look like now we got they
3: look these
1: like cephalids of <laughs> Uh, whatever. <laughs> or wait until we get the saffron olive plane again, cephalids are gonna be everywhere <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right uh moving on uh richard what's what's the card that you're fond of? All right, indulge excess
3: split card or aftermath card uh tune a red sorcery when a creature you control attacks this turn, create a one one green and white citizen creature token that's tapped and attacking. Aftermath is two mana. Create a treasure token for each creature you control that dealt combat damage to a player this turn. Oh, speaking of insane ramp, you just like doubly (laughs) go wide, and then you get infinite mana after combat if you hit people to take an extra combat or do whatever you want, right? Like, you're just getting free mana out of like nothing. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think it's insanely broken. I don't know why they're green-white citizens in a red deck, but sure.
0: <laughs> I love, like, how we were talking about just, like, this is a fun, casual-friendly card. She's like, all right, here's the most busted card we can think of. I mean, this card is really strong, right? Like, I feel like yeah. this card is
2: is very strong. In a in a token deck, yeah, have in a token, most likely in a token deck is where it would shine. Cool, like but if you're going wide, like... It doubles up your tokens, and then it doubles or makes a ton of mana. Seems like I would just jam that in. It fits well with the theme of Naya in Streets of New because it's all about going wide. It's all about doing that. So I think it's a a
0: nice upgrade for uh, for decks like that. Wasn't there a flip card enchantment in Ixalan oh. that did something similar on a lot the Aftermath side? Like It was like you attack, you make treasures, and then... And then if you have oh. X number of artifacts, you flip it and it becomes Solarian Academy or something. Yeah, that one was really oh, bad, yeah, though. I nothing? think that's
2: when you deal combat damage. Let me look it up. It's called Storm of the Vault. It's, when one or more creatures yeah. you control deal combat damage, create a treasure token. Uh, so uh, one, one a turn, essentially. And then you can flip into... Yeah. This. But this does offer like a huge burst of mana and like combo potential and all that unfair stuff. Plus the front side, I don't, I don't really like that the well. I guess with this card, it makes sense. Normally, I don't like the tapped and attacking thing, just because your tokens end up chump blocking or chump attacking so much. But with this card, it's probably worth it because you're just trying to get as many hits in so you can make as many treasures as possible. It's like Dockside. Dockside like that makes cedar you attack. Cedar condo, was it cedar
3: condo? The the, the, the like yeah. the partner one that like makes your weenies unblockable. Yeah. Plus a red one or like just Adeline and this thing right oh, you have invasion plus
0: like what's it called the the thing that's you, you you probably don't even need evasion if you have enough attackers you just uh the thing that's like you pay it's an enchantment and you pay five and you take an extra combat yeah and then excess will just pay the five over and over again and you just win oh, what about like cranko or any of the go wide like
2: red decks yep. oh probably like absurd there yeah
3: yeah this card's good, very good. Why so <laughs> wizards have decided that mana rules don't apply anymore and that we'll just randomly make like a million mana on turn three, like for fun, like why not? So yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: yeah, this card's pretty good. I think this card's pretty good. I, it's all right. <laughs> I don't know. It's not unblockable though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. True. <laughs> no, I, I think the card's sweet. Uh, the, the aftermath side is, like, absolutely correct. So, I, I, I'm i excited to see what becomes of this.
0: All right. We'll move on to the final card, number 12. And this is my pick. And this is another, another white card that I like. And guess what? It draws cards. That's why I like it. Bright... Aerial Extortionist. I have a type, you guys. Uh... This is a 5-mana, 3-and-double-white bird soldier, 4-3 with flying, that says, Whenever it enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target non-land permanent. For as long as that card remains exiled, its opponent may cast it. <clears throat> and then whenever another player casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. So basically... Um, if your opponents are casting spells from exile, you get to draw a card. If your opponents cast a spell from the command zone, you get to draw a card. If they get to cast a spell like flashback or something from the graveyard, you get to draw a card. You're passively drawing a bunch of cards on this 4-3 that immediately enters the battlefield and exiles something. So it's like soft removal where you you remove something and your opponents still have access to it, uh, but they do have to pay that mana again. So it's a nice way of kind of like, slowing down your opponents every single time you're attacking with it as well uh you get to exile another thing so it's repeat removal that will delay your opponents because they have to recast a thing and when they recast a thing you get to draw another card and you're just passively drawing a bunch of cards off this i think this card is like the the beauty of this card is i think this card is not only like just very good card advantage and soft removal but again it just fits in any white deck Again, like you don't have to be a token deck. You don't have to be a whatever deck. You just put this in and now you, whatever white based strategy you were going for, now you have card draw for it, which is something that white was lacking. Like if you were, you had to be in a certain archetype to draw cards. And now white just has like, boom, you want, you want generic card draw? Play this. And it also has, it also has removal attached to it. We were always talking about play more removal. Well, what if our card draw had removal attached to it?
2: Yay. <laughs> what if your removal yeah. did it work. Is, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? This is another one I'm like super on the fence on. Like, do you draw enough? So you hit with ah! So you draw from commanders being cast. You draw from yes. m- maybe its own ability. Uh I guess it's great against Prosper. If you got a Prosper player in your playgroup, this card's, like, absurd. Like, there's certain
0: matchups where it'll be great. What well, about, like, casts and stuff? stuff Cast from the graveyard? Uh, yep. So
2: Toshiro. there's there's matchups where it gets gets even better. Do you think in the dark, is it enough? How many times is a commander cast on average in a game? 1.5? Is that what the stats are? 1.7? 1.6? <laughs> like, but this is 5 mana, so some casts might have already happened, and it has to stick on the battlefield... I don't... I, I, this is another one I'm planning on trying. And I'm, I am I hope it's great, but I'm still not sure if it'll actually, like, stick or not until I actually get to play with it and get to, like, feel like, is this drawing me two, three cards a game? Awesome. That's totally worth it. Yeah. Is it
0: drawing me one card every other game? Yeah. I think it'll draw a couple cards and it's going to slow down your opponents. That's my hypothesis. I mean, a couple cards. I know cards Richard's beat. It's, be- it's Muldrifter then, right? White Muldrifter, if it yeah. draws to you?
2: Okay. No, 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 But it no, also
0: no, no. interact. I, I know Richard's got me on this one. <laughs> it's a bird, Richard. It's a bird. <laughs> I was going to say, it is
3: a, a white card. It is a bird. It holds sadly... a dowsing dagger. It
0: has flying.
3: Come on. <laughs> A five drop that draws three cards spread over multiple turns conditionally. It's like ten times better than Cartographer's Photography. It's not playable. It's not playable. I don't want to play what? this. No! It's, it's removal. a so The only removal that works for it is like if Phil does a stupid like soul ring, mana crypt, jeweled lotus, my commander comes out, you exile it, then it's good. But this is a five drop, right? So if you exile anything, they could probably recast it like no problem. So I I, I don't think count it
1: as removal. That that's where I'm at with Richard. Like this card read really good to me, but that's because I you know my illiteracy made me think that said flash, not flying. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so flash would be a lot better. If this had flash, I think I'd be. I, I think this would be way better. Uh, I just I don't know. I, when I say play removal, I mean play it at also instant speed. If I'm going sorcery, I may as well sweep <laughs> the board. Right. So. Like, I, I like this, and I, I like what it does. I think it has a very cool effect. I just don't like its cost, and I don't like that it doesn't have flash. I think this should have totally had flash, or at least be like four mana. Three, It used, to
3: be, used there. to be a 3
2: mana 2-1 And
3: then this would be really good But at five, You mana, guys are
0: grossly
2: underestimating you're, this You're a big believer in Reusing your spirited companion Richard What about just like playing this Blinking your own spirited companion Recast it, draw a card eh? it,
3: it, Yeah, you, you only draw off spirit companion You don't draw off the trigger <laughs> right. it's, your Yeah, it's whenever another exile. player right, yeah. But you get to reuse well, your ETB is- trigger Hmm? Not, like, not at enough. five mana, this is what I'm doing? Like, okay, That's I know we, we always talk how, like, commander's too fast, but I'm like, at five mana, like, <laughs> surely there's something better than this I could be doing, right? Like, Can you just hoping whisper? to draw cards, like, three cards, maybe. So I, I do annoy everyone mildly, but not is... enough
0: to stop them from killing me. <laughs> right? It's closest like... analog is Ghostly Pilferer, which is two mana, and it basically has its triggered ability of whenever somebody casts a spell outside of their hand, you draw a card. And I've always found Ghostly Pilfer very good, but, like, the main advantage of Pilfer, I think, is that it comes out on turn two, so you usually get it out before your opponents get a chance to play their commanders, so you're, guar- you're guaranteed to get, like, at least some off your opponents casting their commanders, and this is slower, but it has flying, it has repeat removal effects. It I don't, slows down your opponents. I don't know if we can call that removal. Can
2: you call that removal? Does that even count as removal if your opponent can I mean, just recast I, the spell?
0: If I exile like a five drop of yours, you're you're probably going to have to spend a lot of your next turn to recast it if you want it again. I, I really do pretty like, pretty like that good. part of
1: it, and and the fact that when it connects, it can do it again. I just okay,
2: okay.
0: It's
1: a like, lot like if of you mana, had
2: this is a place, lot of aerial mana. aerial
3: extortionist, is that a keep? Right, but if you had five islands, Ristic study, you're like Snapkeep, right? Like that thing is drawing me cards. Oh, co- like, yeah, okay. five, like five, like five lands, study. ghostly pilfer. Like yeah, you can actually draw cards off that. But like this thing is so maybe, <laughs> right? Like maybe you draw cards, maybe you don't.
2: I am concerned that the first round of people casting their commanders might be over by the time you get this down, and that does kind of like minimize minimize its power.
0: But then you remove them with its ETB, and then they have to recast it. Boom! I do like it on moto. On moto, yeah. you get potential like <laughs> misclick value where people
2: accidentally put it into like the real exile zone or the command zone, and then you got them. So
1: that's me. That's 100. Like if you play this on moto, this is an S tier
0: card against me because there's a
1: ninety percent chance I will misclick.
0: <laughs> you'll put it in the command zone, and then you'll pay the command tax on it. Got him. That's yeah. just true removal. So yeah, if you play me on moto. With this, you're gonna you're very likely to get even more value with it. Slap some haste on this, you get two removal triggers immediately. At the turn you cast it, I I think this card's really good. I think uh, it's good. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Well, maybe hopefully if it goes online. But these like Smuggler's <laughs> Share and Aerial Extortionist, I think are kind of just insane cards. Insane as in like they're very medium. For any mono white like <laughs> so deck. Which makes them insane. <laughs> makes them insane. Well, oh, oh, oh. it makes them insane. In for in the white like, deck. Why
3: are you happy to medium cards in your deck? You can just play because the good white, cards that Richard. match your archetype. <laughs>
1: because it's white, alright? I'll take but what I can get, alright? That's good right? removal. And, and efficient removal. The, but this is card This, this draw. should have flash. You know
0: this should have flash. This the card big, I'll should take what I can get. I think this card is is gas. I think five I think, mana. I think this guys, should have I flash. I want to show you guys the biggest this thing. It's uh... a bird, Richard. I can't. Even, I can't even believe it. this is like one of the best birds ever printed. And unplayable like, <laughs> <best> <laughs> it's
2: unplayable. Five mana. Man. <laughs> What really scares me is Richard doesn't like any of these mono white cards, and Richard i know Richard knows mono white better than anyone I know, so it, it, that does make me think, oh... I'm, hmm. I'm surprised Silver's so desperate for card draw in mono white,
3: like... He's played mono white and drawn like his entire deck several times a season. I don't know why we're going to like five mana conditional baby more. draw cards, right? Like, I
0: need more because so you need to you need to play these medium card draw spells so you can draw into your insane card draw spells consistently, Richard. That's that's I'm not even memeing. That's like the that's the reason why I run so much card draws because like I'm trying to find the busted white cards consistently. All right. So Nobody believes me. You know, All right. Let me know in the comment section below. Have I have I gone crazy? Have I gone crazy? I mean smuggler me share. I can I'm, see. I'm there with you smuggling. I gotta share. really
3: think. I gotta really <laughs> twist my. Uh, thinking right. We'll, here.
0: we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. So One that could was say, Tomer
1: could block this with how much he's reaching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Seth you said
0: you, all, you, all, you all see I'll, I'll jam on a light As soon as Capetta comes out And if these cards are available who oh boy I'll show you I'll show you all, all That's right. going
3: to be the most disciplined player
0: that week Not casting yep. any spells Passing nope. every
3: turn well, you know, I'm never going
0: to draw a card off his commander Because he doesn't believe in casting them so it's, An Esper signal a, a study there.
1: All of this So Tomer just doesn't play
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, that week have right. been the one. <clears throat> the one week <laughs> one week <laughs> exception to the rule.
0: All right. So we covered twelve cards <sighs> that we are personally hyped for. Again, this is not a power level ranking or anything. Um it's just what we're we're personally super hyped uh to get our hands on and start immediately playing. So Obviously, uh, our lists are probably going to be very different from what you are interested in and what you are most excited for. So we'd love to hear from you. What, what are your favorite cards from the new commander sets and even the standard sets as well? Uh, let us know in the comment section below. I'd love to check out to see what everybody else is hyped for as well. That's it, everybody. That's our show. Uh, like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. Um, mtgmerch.com if you want to support us. And until next time, friends. See ya.